0: Welcome to Community Stories by UnCommunity. Uh, this is your host Muhammad Rafi, and today I bring you two very special guests to speak about building communities. So uh, Community Stories is nothing but uh, where I sit with uh, builders, creators, founders who are been involved in building communities. So today I have Tom and Emily. Uh, so this is a special episode, you could say, because this is the first time we have two people on the show. So uh, welcome to uh, Comedy Stories, uh, Tom and Emily. Uh, it's so excited to for this today's episode uh, uh, to learn from you, all, uh, all uh, the people. Uh, so uh, Tom and Emily, uh, it'd be great to hear from you guys, uh, like uh, the idea behind Propel and what is it that you do at Propel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mohammed. Uh, Really great to be here. Emily, do you want to kick things off by kind of giving the background about Propel?
2: Sure. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, So Tom and I have known each other for a few years now, and we were both operators at a tech startup in New York, um, which might resonate with, with some folks listening. And we were both looking to grow into our role, but also navigate of potentially launching something of our own one day. And as that one day started to get a little bit closer, we were trying to figure out what resources um, we would have access to both where we were and just what existed currently in the tech universe. And really realized that there was an opportunity to build something that uh, solved for the problem that we had, which was finding a peer group and programming and mentors that would help us um, really Take that take that leap and and find that launching pad to figure out what we wanted to do next and what skill sets we had to optimize um, for being the, um, those entrepreneurs. So um, we started to talk to peers who were also experiencing something similar, generalists and operators really at uh, different size companies, um, but mostly those small and medium sized tech startups, and they were also itching for growth peer support and eventually building something of their own so we landed on um, instead of just a service or maybe a coaching program we wanted to put all of the peers in in one place and similar to you Mohammed, we've seen the impact that community and other parts of our lives can have and yes we did launch this during COVID and and happy to speak to the virtual um, piece of of the community that we didn't originally you know set out with the intention of of making it so but it's really created a a purpose to like conversing and communicating um, via a platform that a lot of other people use right now Slack in a positive energetic and cheerful way that I think has um, already propelled people to um, take that leap or or think about what it looks like to be self-employed or find their co-founder or validate their idea Um, so that's
0: kind of where we're at right now and we're both doing it full time interesting uh thanks Emily so uh would be good to know like what's your day-to-day like to like manage this community where you have creators because like it's not just one one niche that you are targeting right you have the founders you have product people from product side you're trying to validate their ideas, right so how is it different from like my questions like uh, how is it different to manage just a community of like a lot of different background than just one?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. So um, I, in the day-to-day, am the one managing kind of the interactions within the community and the programming and Tom um, and I collaborate daily on what, Um, what are new members saying they're looking for, whether that's other individuals they're looking to connect with, mentors, as I mentioned, or even types of workshops or courses that would really help them accelerate to take that next step. And so um, what does my day-to-day look like? Well, it does vary. However, um, I am a morning person, so I primarily leverage that time to work on those initiatives, right? So whether it's uh, creating and designing the next learning program, or um, supporting uh, Tom in deciding what we're going to host as far as events go over the course of the next month, um, whereas my afternoon is a lot more connecting with folks, so taking interviews with referred or new members, um, as well as listening to what their needs and interests are, so I can kind of put on my co-chat or even a learning and student hat because that diversity of backgrounds and ideas, that products person, when I'm you know, a people and business ops person is going to teach me a lot about what they're interested in learning, just like the individual interested in social good and um, impact tech is going to tell me the newest trend on Twitter and and, uh, help me build that forum that they want to see. And so uh, by being in in the weeds, kind of in the day to day, in the minute by minute, I'm able to help drive that interaction and and make something special happen for every member, hopefully on uh, on a weekly basis. So that's kind of what I'm up to on um, today on a daily basis. Yeah,
1: that's that's good. Yeah, and and for me, I, I think. Um, You know, one of your questions, Mohamed, was about um, how do we deal with so many different types of members? And it's true, right? We have folks who are data scientists and engineers. We also have people who are strategists and investors and chiefs of staff. Um, From the outside, you know, it can look like a lot of different types of people. And to make matters more complicated, we have folks who live in New York. We have folks who live on the West Coast. Uh, We have folks who live in Kansas. We also have folks who live in London and India and kind of everywhere in between, right? And so what we've really tried to do is define the community less by what do you do right now? What is your job title and where do you live? And more in terms of the psychographic, right? And so the three things that we look for with any new member are one, do they have a history of personal or professional excellence that indicates that they could achieve and build something great? Um, The second thing is, do they have the desire to build something um you know that's kind of the shared reason for our community to come together and so all of our members share that in one form or another and then finally we, we always look for people who are looking to engage and be um, helpful members of the community and that's a little bit harder to kind of point at somebody and say like look they're going to be a great community member but i think because we have conversations with each of our members before they join we can understand their motivations for joining understand you know are they going to be a good productive member of the community and and that's been really helpful so far so even though it's you know a lot of different types of people the psychographic that we look at is is pretty similar
0: yeah i mean uh you, you heard a nail here because uh, i mean whatever like Communities when people are building or like creating, uh, like they tend to focus on one thing and one thing only, right? Uh, it's either by city or from background. Uh, like, what do you do? Like, it's a data science community, right? Uh, and then it's a product managers community, right? Which city? Like, it's it's from like San Francisco, right? Uh, like, and then you have these differences wherein you try to gauge uh, personalities or people you are bringing together based on. Their interest and their like uh, like ability to build uh, build something right uh, like whether they have this desire or thirst to learn from other people right which is really interesting I think uh, so uh, uh, this is this is like uh, so one of the thing which I noticed is Propel uh, right with Propel like you you start with a paid community right instead of a general like open open to public right and if you have if you had done something like open to public, then you would not have be able to like gauge people based on any kind of facilities because you would have been flooded with members, right? So why this approach of paid community? Sure.
1: So, you know, for us, it, it came down to a couple of things. One, you know, starting and running a high quality community isn't free. And we wanted to cover our costs and we thought we were providing value. And so that you know, charging a little bit of money to to have to for members to have access to it made sense for us. Um, but I think more importantly, what we've seen is that having a paid membership can actually lead to better outcomes and and a better member experience. And the reason for that is, you know, you look at Facebook, you look at Reddit, you look at any other open free platform, and you know they usually face problems at some point in their journey of moderation, of trolling, of kind of loss of focus. And we didn't want to face those things. Um, So by putting a, uh, you know, a paywall essentially in place, what we've seen is that people only join because if they want to engage and if they are, you know, part of this core psychographic that we're targeting. um, And it generally leads to more engagement, higher You know, better better conversations and people who want to add and extract value from the community. Um, And so, you know, I think we'd 100% do it that way again. Um, It's allowed us to build this flywheel that uh, where we charge members a little bit of money. Um, We take that money and reinvest it in tools and reinvest it in growth and and initiatives that provide more value to members. And because members see that value, they then refer their friends and help us grow and so that it's a win-win-win all around um and so th- that's been really successful for us i think
0: yeah yeah uh i think like uh, when you talk about reference and communities right uh like if if, if members of the community is feeling getting valued of uh, like by being in the community they definitely will go and like talk to other friends like, hey uh, i'm i'm part of this cool community you should join right and that's a great way to kind of uh, start from like why paid versus why free, right? It's like signal to noise thing wherein you have a lot of people, you have a lot of audience, and then it just flooded, right? And 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 I've seen people joining community just to like talk about their products and not really being helpful to any other members, uh, which is which is really cool. Uh, so, uh, like coming from this, like the background, right? Like uh, you have this, like set of people coming from like all these skills and and background, right? So, how do you define a culture in a community when you have something like that?
1: Yeah, I'll give a, a little bit of a high level here, and then Emily can talk about some examples or or some kind of ways yeah. that she fosters it as well. Um, so, you know, we think about culture as a set of behaviors that we celebrate within the community. And then the flip side of that behaviors that are frowned upon. So an example, the example that you talked about earlier, um, of people who join communities just to kind of promote their, whatever they're working on. Um, we love that to a point, but you know, if it becomes spam and it crosses that line, then that's obviously not something that we are looking to promote in the community. Um, so you know, we, we've we tried to define the set of behaviors that we want to encourage and the ones that we want to discourage and then um, are, are pretty um, proactive about putting people into those behavior patterns. I would say a couple of things here are that early members are super important, right? They set the tone for everybody that
2: comes afterwards. Um,
0: if you're bringing
1: in members who are aligned with the mission and the way that the, the culture and the way that you operate, uh, the members will buy in and the processes and rituals and kind of flywheel will start working and they'll start pushing on that rock for you. And the culture is going to continue in that direction and kind of just increase in speed uh, over time. But you as a community, there have to be the ones to get that started. Um, Emily, you want to talk a little bit about how we we did that in the early days and kind of things you think about now?
2: Yeah. Lily was smiling talking about the rock analogy because it feels like ages ago, but when we were smaller, um, it was really intimate, but there definitely was a lot of uh, pushing to do and testing, right? Because it's a new, it's still a new product. Like community has existed for ages, but ours is going to look different from yours than someone else's. And so, um, you know, one thing that we've done, or one thing that I think of as a North Star as far as community is, when I join a community versus a workshop or a program or a conference, I am there primarily to find my people. I'm there to find other people that are going to talk to me and support me in ways that I can relate to, but I also um, am looking for diversity of opinion and of interest, and so we have really thought about helping folks um, nurture relationships by making it clear where to locate the wider community, so kind of the public channels, if you will, or um, knowing who's who in the community and having some good information about them, both professional and personal, because we are all human. And while we might have some quarantine hobbies right now, there's still a lot a lot to learn about each other. Um, and then also helping folks find um, their micro communities. So uh, whether that's me, better understanding, like we've talked about, their future goals and helping connect them with the other folks in the community who, who similarly have those future goals, or even um, helping them locate people with similar interests or affinities as them. So we've, we've really leveraged that to show each member that like we do care. And while um, for as long as they are in the community, community, and as long as their interests and goals grow, we will continue to help them foster and find those people and relationships that will support them. Um, So, you know, I I could say a bunch of other things, like how to use emojis and everything else that's on Slack guidelines and protocols, but I think that um, leading by example and really demonstrating that uh, we wouldn't have invited and accepted them if we didn't think that they could find those people and accomplish their goals with them has helped them see uh, the value and continue to give back in the way that we give to them, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, like, uh, so you spoke about, like, uh, joining a community versus joining a workshop, right? Now, I, like, so which 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 uh, brings to me, like, the next point, Right. Uh, and In your website, you have like the audience is not the community, right? And this is something, I mean, this is the question of 2020, I guess. Like a lot of people are like still <laughs> discussing this topic. Like, do I need an audience or do we, do should we have a community, right? So what's your thought on this, Tom, uh, Emily?
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, these audience and community are both terms that are becoming really popular these days, and, and um, every startup wants to have a community, every every person wants to build a community. Um, and most people, uh, there are a lot of people that are conflating those two terms. But I think they're, they're really fundamentally different things. Um, there's a Bill Gates quote. Um, he said that, you know, a platform is when the economic value of everyone that uses it exceeds the value of the enterprise that created it. And I think that there's an, an analogy here Two communities, essentially. Um, so, if you put that, if you put community in that framework, it's that community is when the commun- cumulative strength of relationships between members of the community exceeds the strength of the relationships of the members with the originator of the community. Right. So, if the ties between members are stronger than the ties, like directly from the leader, um, and and that's important because you know, folks who have a newsletter, folks who have a podcast, folks who have, you know, a Twitter presence probably have an audience and not a community, um, unless the identity of somebody who, you know, works with them or follows them is so strong that they're meeting up with other fans of that person offline, they're doing, you know, things with the with other people online, et cetera. Um, and those audiences are really valuable, right? Like big media properties have been built on audiences from individual people. And those audiences can also grow into communities, right? And you've, you know, seen folks pivot their newsletters into slack channels and stuff like that right but that requires a lot of intentionality and it's actually a pretty different set of skills right you know writing effectively writing catchy phrases you know publishing in-depth analysis is different than starting a community and creating a, a space where other people can find value and other people are connecting with each other and so I think it 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 actually makes sense to separate those two concepts um, a little bit more than people are separating them at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, so you bring a point of intentionality as well, right? Uh, and then a newsletter which, like you have a newsletter of fast-growing people subscribing to you after a while, like you decide, okay, like, why not I bring these people together, right? Uh, but then there is also, I mean, uh, like you said, like. Um, I mean, when you set out to build a community versus when you set out to build, like to start a newsletter, it's two different things. I think at the end of a day or at the end of like your time period, I think it like person who sets out to build a community is more like, like people there, right? Because uh, like uh, your point of like members connecting together in a community, right, with, like it's it's all necessary and it's all works when you have a community leader, the builder or a founder who cares a lot about this the thing that he's doing, right? Instead of someone who is just trying to build a following.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. I think um that definitely is a is a big differentiator and as we've been mentioned at the beginning, like our story originates because we were trying to solve a problem we experienced, but there are so many other people experiencing this problem. Um, And it's not to say we won't deliver content or haven't delivered content um, and that we won't, you know, Stamp up someone who is building something of their own and and help them get a following on their newsletter or on that product that they're building.
0: Um,
2: But we're, we're really trying to do something more um, than really hone in on one topic. And that has created um, a pretty, you know, vast spread of information and conversations that can happen every single day. Um, And it's something that we are continuously working toward is, You know, on my roadmap this quarter, even is thinking through as we expand, what are the commonalities that people face? So, what are those workshops, those feelings and experiences and conversations that are really challenging that they might want to work through um, with other peers and get vulnerable with? But then also, what are the really technical things that only someone else who's building an e commerce website needs to work through right now? And how can I ensure um, that they find those other folks? And so, you know, I, I know this is something that you wanted to bring up as well. We've really seen that the more outward, honest, and clear people are in what they're looking for and what they can provide to the community, the more that it feels like we're not just building to solve for a problem that we had or have. We're helping others actually build this to be a solution for the problems that they're currently and will face um, down the line.
0: Yeah, interesting. uh, to, uh, uh like uh, there was there was the point again like the the community is not yours it's ours it's ours right so can we can we like dive down into this like what what does it mean like is it something like build with community or there's this phrase wherein like build with community versus build for community right so what's i'm i'm sure there's something related to it like would be great to know yeah
2: um I think that's great, build with community. I like that, might keep that. Um, you know, it does constantly for us go back to the happiness of our members, just like anyone who would care about their users or their customers. And, you know, there's lots of conversation in any type of leadership role or trainings on having an ownership mentality. And as you go off and build something, of course you're going to have an ownership mentality. And a really beautiful thing that has happened is those most involved, those early members, those most active and engaged members, um, or the members that have not been super happy, they have let us know what they would like to see and also helped uh, drive that change so that in the early days as we form um, a, a place that has a higher level communities, these micro communities. And as we build relationships and connections and expose them to ideas and topics that could actually be, you know, uncomfortable or something they haven't seen, even those who went to business school have have found a lot of value too. Um, they are ready and able to help us iterate and actually to co-host or um, bring others in who will help drive that value that we feel like we might be lacking. And so that's helped us really see that as we approach our goals as we approach growth and expansion we want to consistently keep in mind that there is a lot that the community can help us with and in fact they might have a better idea sometimes than than what we will have and that's really helped in, you know maybe call it uh because it's a people people person oriented organization that we're building um and we would be silly not to maximize that
1: yeah yeah
0: Tom, uh, are you adding something to it? No, I think Emily said it well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's uh, like amazing to kind of hear the story of Propel and what you guys are doing. To be like very honest. Uh, so uh, one last like. Uh, so uh, we are closing down. So let's like uh, up the. I mean, it's it's a question I ask. Uh, I've I've been asking. So it's like million members in a community versus hundred members a day for 365 days so what would you choose and like why
1: yeah um so sorry reframe it. Is it a million members in the community overall or yeah you know, so
0: let's say like okay. uh, so yeah. launching a community you get a million members in a day and then you have yep. like 100 members every day for the next 365 days mm-hmm.
1: yeah i you know i think it, it really depends on the type of community for us, I think growing slowly and steadily makes a lot of sense right um, I, I think in general, communities are really fragile at the beginning and then incredibly robust as they grow mm-hmm. um, and to have a community with a million members from the very beginning um, without any shared norms, without any shared culture or history uh, would be tough to sustain honestly and and I think unless you have an incredibly um, real reason for bringing people together and, and commonality that's drawing everybody together and, and causing them to do the same things, uh, which is hard across a million people, it's probably going to disband or devolve into chaos. And so the approach that we've taken is, hey, let's start small. Let's uh, bring on a few members, make sure they're aligned with our mission, make sure that you know they're having a great experience. And only when that condition is met, then we bring in new members to the community. Um, and it, that's become easier and easier as we've gone, gone along and people have, you know, said that they're very happy with the experience and that's kind of given us the uh, the permission to go out and, and grow the community. But um, I think that any community that, that grows too quickly um, is at risk of, of overextending itself or losing sight of the core mission unless, you know, the the experience scales alongside it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like dying fast uh, because i mean and, and today I, i'm sure in these like I mean, we, are, we are into 2021 uh, i'm sure we'll see like a lot of smaller niche micro communities kind of thing like uh, getting bringing small people together like as you're doing in a cohort basis right like bringing small set of people uh, and then you grow over a period of time you will have a, like a rocket uh, like a sudden spike, right? Uh, once you are grown uh, so much big.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Right, you know, we certainly have ambitions to grow, propel to be a very large community eventually. Um, we think that there are hundreds of thousands of people who could start or lead companies that could benefit from the the help that we want to provide, uh, and that we we're building a community to provide. Um, but we are not trying to be a uh, hundred thousand members by the end of the year, for instance. Right, that would be. Um, overly ambitious or just, you know, I think it would put the community at risk. Um, And that's where I think, you know, some of the traditional funding models for folks in the startup space, um, in other words, venture capital, are probably a poor fit for communities, right? Um, Having a community leader committing to an incredibly rapid pace of growth, um, committing to that, basically, to their investors um, above, you know, prioritizing the members of the community is risky and I think that, that means that it's much more likely to fail and much more likely to harm the people involved than it is to uh, be of benefit. Um, I think kind of having a longer term view, having a more patient growth curve um, and and prioritizing growth only when the experience scales um, alongside that growth is the way to, to, to grow these communities.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree. Uh, so, uh, yeah uh i mean uh it's uh where uh where can we find uh you uh i mean propel uh what's what where can we find you online uh emily and tom uh, and about propel
2: yes uh we are currently on linkedin and twitter um propel community on twitter and yes. uh one of the many propels on LinkedIn, but you can also find Tom and me on LinkedIn and just follow that way. We're sharing content, um, some highlights of what's been happening in the community. And you can also see when we're onboarding our next class. So so definitely reach out.
1: Yeah, and I'd I uh, check out our website, www.propel.run um, and throw in an application if, if what we talked about today resonates with you. And uh, we'll, we'll reach out and uh, see if it's a good mutual fit
0: yeah so to our listeners you know where to find propel and we'll link uh to the show notes below as well uh thank you so much uh, for coming on tom and uh tom emily uh, it's a great like great conversation and totally loved it and all the best for you thanks Mohammed. this is great really appreciate it
2: so nice to chat thank you again
0: all right that's the end of uh...